Adriana Pence is a mother, activist, and community leader in Westchester, New York. She works at the intersection of alcohol addiction and maternal mental health, leading community and building programs for individuals impacted by mental health and substance use. Her volunteer work includes serving as a local volunteer for Moms Demand Action Westchester. She was recently selected as a fellow in the Evertown Survivor Network, working towards ending gun violence. In 2017, Adriana lost her younger brother, Luke John Pence, to a self-inflicted gunshot wound. Let's welcome her. Welcome back, Grief Nation listeners, and thank you for tuning in today. Today, our topic is Every Town Network Survivor Fellow Story Share with Adriana Pence. Hello, Adriana. How are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm good. Thank you so much for coming on the show today. Um, I'm really excited to share your story. Um, can you please tell us your journey uh, being a gun violence survivor? Sure. Um, my journey really begins and uh, began in May of 2017, right around um, Mother's Day. And I'm going to provide a little bit of context um, when I start the story because I think the context is always really important. Yes. Um, in May of 2017, my sister, I'm the oldest of four children in my family, and my sister gave birth to um, her son, her first child. Um, and it was a really exciting time for my family, my siblings and I, um, because uh, other than me, she's the second person in the family to have kids. Okay. So during her delivery process, um, we were literally in the waiting room for nine hours <laughs> waiting wow. for her baby to arrive. And I was with my two brothers. I was with my two children. Um, you know, I'm very close to my family. And so she had a healthy baby boy. We got to um, spend Mother's Day together with the new arrival in her family. And then the days leading up to, um, you know, the one of the biggest tragedies in my life um, I was with my family a lot. Um, the one week after the birth of my nephew, we went to my sister's house and um, she was having kind of a barbecue to celebrate the fact that they were, she was home with her baby. Yeah. Um, and I was again with my family. My brother, um, who died by gun suicide, um, my younger brother, Luke, he was with us that day. And, um, you know, Luke was somebody who was struggling. Um, I think he was, you know, struggling a little bit with depression. Um, I think he was struggling a little bit with substance use. And, um, you know, we had gotten into some family arguments that day, which is very typical for yeah, us. Absolutely. Um, what happens with families. And he sort of got angry and he walked off. Um, and we were really concerned about him. And we hadn't heard from him later that day. This wasn't the first time that happened with him, and um, we kind of let some time pass to allow the emotions to cool down, um, but we hadn't heard from him that night. 
And the next day, everyone in the family was kind of checking in with him. A couple days passed and we still hadn't heard from him. Um, someone in my family had gone to check on check on him at his house and um, had noticed, he wasn't there, but he had noticed that there was extra food that was left out for his animals, which for us was kind of a signal that uh -huh. something was wrong. Okay. Um, so, you know, after a time period had passed, we notified the police, uh, we filed a missing person report, um, and then we did a further sort of investigation into the house. Um, you know, it was a horrific process for us because it felt a bit like a scavenger hunt trying to put pieces together. And at one point, um, it was revealed that um, he had basically given an ex-girlfriend a code. The code was to a safe. The safe um, was opened and it was an empty gun uh, mm. holder. And I think that was the point that we knew um, that he was not safe um, and that he was once somewhere with a gun. So the next couple of hours, um, hours, you know, day or two, um, I think this whole experience was about three or four days, were just really horrific for us. We weren't, we weren't sure where he was. Um, we had police looking for him, we had dogs looking for him, we had helicopters looking for him, there was a news report, it was just, you know, it was a lot. Um, and we did discover him, we did discover his body on May 23rd where he had um, taken his life by gun, with a gun. Um, uh -huh. So, yeah, I mean, we had feared the worst and the worst had come through. I am so, so sorry um, to hear your loss um, with your brother and your family. I, I, I can only imagine um, what those days were like for you. Um, it's hard. Everybody's experience is so different. And yeah. I just, you know, send love and light to your family. Um, but on a lighter note, can you just just share um who was Luke Luke John um you know who was he as a person yeah thank you for asking that question Luke is, was a very special person um he was six years younger than me but we had of the four of us two boys and two girls um Luke and I had the most in common I'd like to say um we were both have very competitive personalities growing up mm. um we were both swimmers we swam together um he was a very smart and driven kid um all the way up to adulthood um he always excelled in school he always um he actually ended up doing so well in college that they invited him to do a fifth year MBA um wow. in one he did um you know i remember even at the funeral his boss had come up to the family and said you know he was like a son to me um he had this beautiful warm loving personality um he was driven he was accomplished and um he was also a really big part of my children's lives my children are now six and eight and um he just adored them, you know, he yeah. adored them and he held them ever since they were babies and he was a very consistent part of their life. Wow, such an amazing guy, you know, it just, sometimes I, I just sit and I think, when I think about my own story with my son, losing him in the same manner, it's just like, wow, they lived a full life, no matter, you know, what age or, you know, that um, they left, but sounds like that he still had so much you know life to live um um 
And I just commend you for sharing your story once again. Um, can you explain the complexities along your journey and how you move through the stages in, in your grieving process? Whew. Yeah, that's a hard one. Um, you know, before this experience, I hadn't, I hadn't, you know, had a lot of death in my life. Uh, okay. I was very fortunate. So um, this was shocking, surprising and difficult. Um, in the beginning, there was a lot that had to be figured out. Um, a lot of unanswered questions that are still unanswered questions today. Um, but in the beginning, it felt like, you know, we literally had, and by we, the rest of my family and I had a lot of pieces we had to put together. Um, you know, there was a criminal case. Um, we had to make sure that, you know, there wasn't anything suspicious involved. Right. And so it was just sort of being on autopilot. It was uh -huh. the beginning. It was just like, you just do what you have to do, uh -huh. um, without ever really like thinking or feeling about it. Um, yeah. which, you know not to project anything about your experience but i think you know we go through this these moments in time where like when we have to delay our feelings mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. it makes it even harder when they they hit right. us yeah that's so um, true yeah wow um and and something that you had hit on um that there was this trial and you know we've never done that before so uh, you know what does that look like how how you know uh trying to unpack your emotions even around that um not knowing if it could have been something differently than what we you know was already initially told you know when um when um the police or whoever um um gives you the information that um yes we did find them but then kind of well, now there's an investigation and it's like, okay, now that's another thought that I didn't think about. So trying to wrap your brain around if it was something differently than what we originally thought. That's how our family kind of processed it because even though when my son was found, we were like, okay, did something happen to him? Or did he, you know, not until it was acknowledged that that's what happened. It was a self-inflicted wound. So, you know, not until then, you know, there was all of these thoughts and emotions yeah. and who could it be or, you know, what happened, you know? So I, I totally get it, I, I get it. Please give us some thoughts as a sibling survivor and the, your grief reaction to suicide? <sighs> um, it's so hard because when you grow up with somebody, when you share so much of yourself with somebody and, you know, Luke and I were close because we had a lot of the same struggles. We both kind of struggled with depression. We both struggled with, at points in our life where we, you know, felt overwhelmed, where we felt like, you know, it was, life was too much where mm -hmm. we were struggling, you know, I think that's one of the things that really brought us together. Um, you know, I've, you know, I say this very publicly, I, I've struggled with substance use um, in my past too with alcohol and I'm sober now. And so um, when I watched my brother, um, you know, with his own struggles leading up to um, his death, like, it was almost, it kind of dro drove a wedge in our relationship mm -hmm. because you recognize what's going on, but you also don't know how to help. Um, yeah. For me, a lot, I've asked myself a lot, quite frankly, like, how is it that I'm here and he's not? You know, mm -hmm. how is it that we've struggled with the exact same things and I'm alive and he's dead? You know, and those mm -hmm. are some of the hardest questions to think about. Um, just, in general because there are no answers you know yeah. 
Yeah. There's never any answers. Yeah. Uh, I had to quote you here because it was just so simply amazing. You said, I remember walking through the farmer's market one day shortly after my brother died. I felt like a zombie, drowning in my pain and sorrow. I saw a table of women with red shirts on talking about gun violence prevention. I told them about my brother. It was the first time I shared information about my loss with a total stranger. They hugged me and I cried. It was the first I stated to, the first I started to feel better. I believe that one of the most fundamental desires we all have as humans is to feel connected and understood. Beautiful, so beautiful. Talk to us about your advocacy work and your chapter there. Yeah, it was such a blessing to stumble across that Moms Demand Action table. Um, I, I can't speak enough to how amazing that organization is. I mean, Moms Demand Action is the nation's largest gun safety group. Um, you know, I got involved with them in you know sh shortly after I lost my brother, um, and for me it was the most beneficial thing I could do with my grief and with all the difficult emotions I was dealing with because it gave me this channel to turn all of that negative emotion into action. Um, and I think yeah. we all know that we live in <laughs> this crazy society where a lot of action is needed around gun safety. But yeah. I think, you know, to the, the quote that you just read, I think what's like the real magic of this organization is just that ability to connect to people um, and similar to the experience at the farmer's market you know I remember going to my first mom's demand action event and it was a survivor event and I was like you know I walked in and a room full of 50 people and I felt so uncomfortable and I felt like shame with this mm -hmm. around this story oh yeah you know? I, yeah um, and I and even now I wrestle with that and somebody sort of you know they Mom's Demand Action had a survivor wall and I brought this picture of my brother and a story and I put it up on the wall and it was very emotional for me. I like broke down in tears. You know, again, it was like this process of telling the story for the first time publicly that was so hard for me. Mm -hmm. And they just like, somebody came up to me and hugged me and held me and they brought me to a seat and they put me in the front and they said, you know, sit with the survivors. And they were just... Oh. You know, I felt like I didn't belong there, you know. Oh, oh yes. Sitting next to people who had lost their children, sitting mm -hmm. next to people who had lost, mm -hmm. you know, people in like mass shootings. And, you know, mm -hmm. I just, I didn't understand my place. Um, mm -hmm. But it's become very much like a community and a family to me. And it's the relationships that really drive me forward and make me feel like, you know, the work that I'm doing is, is important. Oh my God, you have just touched my soul because I felt the same exact way with my son. I, I, mm. I know exactly what you mean when you say you don't feel like you should have been in, even in the room. Um, not until I received the education around what gun violence is and what all the different types of losses through gun violence, um, which su suicide is one of the highest. Um, yeah. But because I didn't know until I, I joined Moms and started learning more of um, the, the um, research-based information that was provided to me, then I start feeling better because I, I know exactly what you're saying. Um, 
I was in this room, even though I am a mother and I lost my son, but I lost my son to suicide. So I was like, I don't think that I fit in here. Um, you know, these women have lost their son to city gun violence or, you know, the mass shooting. So I just didn't think that I fit in. I was like, is this the wrong, you know, platform to me to, for me to be at? Should I should attend more of, you know, the American Foundation of Suicide Prevention meetings? You know, I just didn't know until, like like you said, moms provide um, all of this great information and, and then all of the events that they put on that I learned that, yes, I, I do belong. I do belong. So I, I, I understand. So I'm so grateful that you touched mm-hmm. Um, your work speaks for itself so please share um, the community work you've done in in Westchester New York regarding the programs for individuals impacted by uh, mental health and substance abuse yeah so I think I referenced that you know I struggled with substance abuse Um, for me um, my life took a unexpected turn when I became a mother Um, I gave birth to my daughter and I had um, you know, what was undiagnosed postpartum depression. And for me, what I did was I self-medicated with alcohol um, because I felt trapped in those feelings of just overwhelmed with parenthood. And, um, and I just, I didn't, I wasn't in love with being a mother. And I felt like my experience was very different from the world outside. Um, But because of that, I've done a lot of work with the postpartum community. I've done a lot of work with individuals who struggle with substance abuse and, You know, and then losing my brother, again, like, just who also struggled with substance abuse, who also struggled with with depression. I mean, these things are so intertwined with each other. It's unbelievable. You know, you can't address one without the other, and you can't, you can't, you have to look at the whole picture. And so, um, you know, for me, it was just like, in so many ways, I just feel like this is the natural place for me to be, is to working with work with other individuals who are impacted by these challenges the same yeah. way I was. Yeah, yeah. Now, can you share with um, our Grief Nation listeners, um, what is the Evertown Survivor Network Fellow Program and your experience now going through it? Yeah. I just became a fellow a couple months ago. Congratulations! Um, <laughs> and uh, such an honor. Oh my goodness. Yes. Another great network. Um, so the Everytown Survivor Network is like one of the largest communities of survivors impacted by gun violence. Um, and it's uh, an opportunity for us to come to- together to really hone in on our stories. Um, to build a more collective community message and to, you know, amplify our voices by doing advocacy work and sharing our stories. Um, And it's an incredible community because we get, you know, education and training and support, um, you know, to really try and move the needle and make a difference in this, you know, in this work and, and building a safer place for, you know, our families and our communities. Wow. How did you enjoy? um, Where was your um, training at? So interesting that you asked me that. (laughs) What they did this year is they, um, what year did you join the network? It was this year. Ours was in um, in Miami um, this past February. Oh, I'm so jealous. So uh, COVID-19 hit before our training. Oh, okay. I'm so sorry. Okay. So 
Okay, but you had virtual training, I'm sure. We had virtual training, yeah. <laughs> okay, well, that was different. So, but yeah. I'm sure the experience was just still just amazing um, meeting your, your co fellows. So, um, I'm sure, well, we kind of like, I'm sure with um, ours being probably, it, it maybe was the last class before maybe I think that your region was supposed to. Oh, okay, okay. Well, yeah beautiful experience either way um uh, however you had to take on that experience um but um i'm so glad that you're my fellow fellow i know you too <laughs> this is the beginning of our journey together absolutely absolutely so in this era that you mentioned like the COVID 19 and the transition what coping strategies um that you can provide um to individuals that have had similar losses yeah, that it is so important right now to think about coping strategies. Yeah. Um, I just, ugh, it's such an incredibly hard time for reasons that are obvious, right? Like this threat of getting sick and getting infected, but then also just this, like everything that this environment does to our mental health. Right. And so I think in terms of coping strategies, like for me, it's first and foremost, like creating the space and recognizing how I'm feeling, you know, yeah. and that's really hard. It's April, you know, <laughs> I'm coming up on the three year anniversary of losing my brother. And it's just, you know, you, I don't know if you feel this way, but it's like the closer you get to the date, like mm -hmm, it just mm -hmm. consumes you, you know? Yeah. 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 And so Easter, you know, Easter is a time that I'm like celebrating with my family and it's usually a very happy experience. And I just was so weighed down on Easter Sunday from just the sadness of the hole that I feel of the loss of my brother. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I think again, the acknowledging of that first and foremost is important and creating the space to feel and to grieve and to be emotional and to release this energy that we have um, around the loss we've experienced and then um, find the resources, you know, and it's yeah. the resources look different now than they did before, you know, yeah. it's going to be online. Yeah. Um, but sometimes it's like reaching out to like one thing I've really done is reached out to, I've, I've thought about like, who are the people, the friends in my life who have meant so much to me, Right. Um, who I haven't had the time to connect with or I've been too busy to, you know, meet up with. And, you know, I go back, I've been trying to go back to those relationships and yeah. cultivate them in this period that, you know, we have fewer barriers between us. Because mm -hmm, mm -hmm. initially it's kind of difficult um, with friendships, isn't it? You know, um, when it first happens, because it's like, uh, what what was your experience with say with your friends because I know sometimes you self-isolated I'm sure for a time being and I know people was trying to reach out to you and trying to check on you so share that yeah in the beginning it was like I feel like we were all like let's keep ourselves safe right and so mm -hmm. for me it was like I don't have time to talk to anyone I'm keeping mm -hmm. myself safe I'm keeping my family yeah. safe yeah um but then it was like wow this is really really lonely you know yeah. and, and I think loneliness happens even yeah. if you're living in a house physically with other people so yeah that's true that is really true so what's yeah. next for your journey that's a great question I mean I think I feel very um I feel very grateful to have stumbled upon Moms Demand Action and the Everytown um, Fellows Network and just leveraging those resources, you know, like 
-hmm. meeting people like you and other people in the network and figuring out like, how do we tell our stories better to a bigger audience? And, you know, how do we help to, I think one thing that's been hard for me is like, we're so desensitized to gun violence these days just because it's everywhere, you know? And I think that we get tired as a society, we get tired of talking about it. And I feel a personal responsibility having been so affected by this to Mm -hmm. keep pushing this conversation forward, you know, and to not let people um, just feel apathetic and helpless. I think a lot of people feel helpless about what to do, you know, and it's not true. There's so much that each and every one of us can do. Yes. Thank you so much for sharing that. Um, How can the community um, support you um, and helps with your mission of what you're doing? Mm, What a great question. Um, I think taking those baby steps, you know, just like taking action. Um, I think one thing that has been infuriating to me um, now that I am a mom and I have kids, you know, my kids are um, in kindergarten and second grade and they're going through active shooter drills in their school. Mm -hmm. Um, They don't even understand what gun violence is and yet they have to go through a drill as if somebody's coming through their school with a gun. Um, And I think, again, thanks to these amazing networks that we're a part of, we're starting to see that the research is showing that this is actually having a negative impact on children. Um, Children are not safer. Teachers are not more prepared. Mm -hmm. um, And it has a a mental health, emotional, you know, consequence um, when children have to go through this. And so we as a community, every single parent, every single friend, anyone that knows a kid has an ability to take action and say, we have to change the way that this is done. Um, And that goes for anything, anything under the broad umbrella of gun safety. There's so much that we can do if we just take one action, if we just see that we can be agents of change. Thank you. And how can someone join where you are located or just moms and, you know, anywhere? Yeah, Moms Demand Action um, has a lot of great opportunities to join. You can literally sign up by text um, by going to the website or, you know, putting your email in on the mailing list. And um, as one of the most well-organized grassroots organization around, um, Moms Demand Action will make sure somebody follows up with you. Um, one of the things I do in our local community in Westchester is we have events often um, mm-hmm. so that we can share information and um, let people know how to get involved. So. Um, you can even as simple as contact me or contact your local chapter chapter and we'll sort of reel you in. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Okay. So how can others reach you? What's your social media platforms? Oh, I have to get so much better at this. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I use Instagram right now. Okay. That's fine. Yeah. My Instagram handles and Pence. Um, and I'm on Facebook and my email address is adriana.pence at gmail.com. Okay. And tell us your favorite quote. I always like to end with something uh, uplifting. What, what do you have for us? Yeah, it's a little long, so bear That's with a, me. But um, we have all the time in the world. I find this, uh, this quote, I've been reading it a lot during this particular time of COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, and here's how it goes. This is your assignment. Feel all the things. Feel the hard things. The inexplicable things. The things that make you disavow humanity's capacity for redemption. 
Feel all the maddening paradoxes. Feel overwhelmed, crazy, feel uncertain, feel angry, feel afraid, feel powerless, feel frozen. And then focus. Pick up your pen, pick up your paintbrush, pick up your damn chin. Put your two calloused hands on the turntables, in the clay, on the strings. Get behind the camera. Look for the pinprick of light. Look for the truth. Yes, it's a thing. It still exists. Focus on that light. Enlarge it. Reveal the fierce urgency of now. Reveal how shattered we are, how capable of being repaired. But don't lament the break. Nothing new would be built if things were never broken. A wise man once said, there's a crack in everything. That's how the light gets in. Get after that light. Oh, so beautiful. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Adriana. So before I let you go, what has your attention being a leader in your community um, that you would like to see change or just bring even further awareness to? Could you ask me that again? I'm sorry. Sure. What? <laughs> no problem. Um, what has your attention in the community that you would like to see change or bring further awareness to? Yeah. Um, oof. I have to give you one one thing. <laughs> yeah, what just something that you just have seen, you know, like, I've had enough of this. I want to see some change there. And it could be something as easy and as re recent, what we've seen on the news with this COVID or, you know, just, you know, something that you just would like to bring some further awareness to that we haven't hit on. I, you know, I think it just comes back to like, we are all human beings and we go through the same experiences and, even when you're talking about gun violence, 58% of Americans are personally affected by gun violence. That is, a, again, a mind-blowing statistic. You know, we may be um, separated by distance. We may be isolated in our homes. But, you know, despite everything that we're going through individually, mm -hmm. there's so much more that we have in common. Um, and so I just... You know, I want us to be, I want us as a world, as a community, as families to be, you know, better to each other, more empathetic, more connected and understanding because at the end of the day, we're kind of all the same. Yes. Oh, thank you so much, Adriana, for coming on to the show. I truly appreciate your time and um, you sharing your story about your amazing brother and your journey. So thank you so much. Thank you. This was such a wonderful experience and I am so grateful to have had this opportunity and for you and what you're doing to amplify voices. Thank you. Have a good day. Thanks. You too. Well, there you have it, Grief Nation listeners. And thank you for tuning in to another transformative segment on It's the Miami Night Show, Grief Talk. Today, we give thanks filled with love and gratitude for our special guest, Adriana Pence, for expressing your very unique grief journey and sharing ways of understanding the healing process. This is your girl, Miami Knight, with much love and light until we connect again spiritually. <laughs>